0: Welcome to Author Express. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Shauna Rodriguez, one of your hosts and the founder of Authentic Connections Podcast Network, which makes this podcast possible. This podcast is where you discover the voice behind the pages of your next favorite book. And I'm excited about the author we have for you today. Zachary Downing is a novelist in the coming of age genre. His first novel, Flounder, was published in 2022 and concerns a college freshman who stops going to class, but keeps going to parties. Something I'm sure we all wish we could have done, right? (laughs) This year, he's published his second novel, Manhattan to Montauk, which involves a whirlwind summer romance between a 22-year-old man and a 17-year-old woman, set in 1995 in New York City in the Long Island vacation community of Montauk. This book examines early adulthood love through changing seasons, setting, and circumstance. Fellow authors have described Manhattan to Montauk as insightful, honest, and nostalgic, and having vivid prose and true-to-life dialogue, which dialogue is hard to get true to life, so that's a pretty big compliment, especially from other authors. (laughs) That's exciting. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show, Zachary.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I'm excited for our conversation today. We start you off nice and easy. So do you want to just give us a little sense about something interesting from where you are from?
1: I am from Long Island, born and raised. It's just east of New York City. It's very suburban. If you're not familiar, it has a little bit of that New York City flavor. People often commute in or they used to before so much remote. And It's also a great summer beach part of the country. It's where part of my book takes place. Montauk is on the very eastern end of Long Island, and people come out to vacation during the summers.
0: Very cool. You live vacation land year-round then, right?
1: Well, I live closer to New York City than Montauk. Mine is pretty standard suburbia. Probably a little bit more condensed, congested than other people's suburbia, though. But yeah, I, I did go to college upstate New York, so I do have the more rural flavor as well that I like to escape to every once in a while.
0: Oh, nice! So to get to know you a little better, who was your closest friend growing up?
1: Ooh, you give me some tough choices. Because I know
0: we start hard. <laughs>
1: you no, know, because I might have hurt some buddies. I have like a core four Mm -hmm. high school friends that I'm still very close with. We're all pretty much in the same area. One friend, Ari, takes the cake because I met him in second grade or something.
0: He's known you longest.
1: He's known me longest. In a way, he is the first person that I bounce a lot of story ideas off of. Oh, nice. In another way, he's like my toughest critic. Ah. So it's really... Good in a way, because he's brutally honest. And I've known him long enough that, you know, we have thick skin with each other. And I know what to take note of and what to disregard.
0: Oh, nice. It's good to have people like that, that will keep it real so that you can get that honest feedback, because that's really important with writing, right? Yes. Yes. So with writing your most recent book, what was the hardest part of the book for you to write?
1: Beginnings are always tough, but I would say the research was especially difficult. It takes place in 1995. And I particularly wanted to do a time where there was transition because it relates to the themes of the book. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mid-90s was a transition time in the economy. It was a transition time in technology. You know, kind of like people just starting to get into the internet. Some people might have had computers at home, but not everyone. Yeah, yeah. And also New York City, it was like a transition time. Some parts of the city were tough. Some parts of the city were getting safer. And I really had to ask a ton of people, like, were you riding the subways at night in 1995? (laughs) You know, were people doing that yet? And there's a joke from Austin Powers. I'm going to hold you ransom for $1 million. And they said, $1 million, that's not much anymore, you know? (laughs) So sometime between early 90s and late 90s, a million dollars became a billion dollars. Yeah. And 46th Street and 8th Avenue was okay to walk by again. You know, when the Lion King and Rent came there, yes. it became hip again, you know, or people felt comfortable there. So it, it was very nuanced. I think the line of demarcation was, you've got mail.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yes, I've read this somewhere around 1998, because there's a scene in You've Got Mail where there's some kind of children's craft fair or school fair that in the 70s, it was a gritty Al Pacino movie, and it was about Needle Park, and it was where people would shoot up. And whatever, 20 years later, it was this charming scene in You've Got Mail.
0: Oh, that is such interesting trivia. So that is incredible how much you managed to work that layered into your book with the setting of New York. So LBI Montauk, was that like a transitional time there as well or more just in the city during that window of time?
1: Yes. Montauk has always been an interesting vacation community because it's not the Hamptons. Mm -hmm. The Hamptons is a vacation community that's probably a little bit more expensive, a little bit more old money. And Mod talk is a strange mix of it's an old fisherman's community. It's at the very end. It's a family spot, but it's also still a party town. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. It has all those dynamics. And I kind of tried to weave all those dynamics in. So I went there as a kid and I experienced just the fun of with mom, dad, and my sister going to the beach. And then I've also, you know, as you get older, see it as this hip party town for young people. And it kind of ties into the theme of how summer is is its own existence in a certain way. Yes. You know,
0: especially at those ages.
1: Those ages. And almost when you're a young love, there's like a built-in expiration date with summer, which is so strange that, you know, after Labor Day, who knows what's going to come of this? And you can't really get away with that at other
0: times of the year. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Or other times of your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a new thing. So doing that research and trying to find those pieces, because that's not stuff you can research as easily. It's like talking to people and trying to find those nuances of the shifts and transitions in the scenes and the places you were using them.
1: Yes. I interviewed people just kind of about summer partying and even back in the 90s. And a lot of people said, yeah, it's, for some reason, the summer people feel a little bit looser, you know, and. There's the whole summer love thing, and it's very interesting. And I asked, What were the hot clubs that you would go to? And I tried to make sure, with Montauk especially, I had specificity with those clubs because I knew that I'd have locals that would say, That bar wasn't around yet. You know, no <laughs> one went there on a Tuesday night. Everyone was here on a Tuesday night, you know.
0: Yeah, uh, all those little pieces. Definitely. So, with your writing process and your journey, what is one thing that you wish you would have known sooner about the process of writing either of your novels? But this most recent novel, what's something you wish you knew sooner about it?
1: With my first novel, I discovered quickly that it's a discipline. You can't just do it when you're inspired. You have to Mm -hmm. sit down every day and just write a little bit. With this book, I think I was trying to figure out the structure. With novel writing, I find that. It's sort of like jazz where there's a basic structure, but it's also very free. You can go to different places. And that's why readers like novels because you're taking it in directions that aren't formulaic like a TV show, but at the same time, they want to be entertained. So I I was trying to figure out, okay, I want to do kind of a summer-fall comparison. I kind of want to do a vacation-work-life comparison you know, fun work, and so I kind of want to split the book in half, but I still have to have a general arc. So I kind of have to make two separate set pieces glued together in some ways similar, in some ways stark. So I was trying to figure out how to do that structurally, and I hope that people think that I accomplished it.
0: Yes, and writing romance is there's not a lot of men that write in romance, so was that exciting for you, or you just felt like that's what the story needed, and that's where the story brought you.
1: Yes, I've been told that I cannot technically claim the romance genre because (laughs) that has a very set structure and conventions that those readers look for. I believe I have crossover appeal. I think romance readers would like my book, but it's more like romantic coming of age. If I had to say an author that I would aspire to, it would be Nick Hornby, who did About a Boy and High Fidelity, where he kind of chose... A protagonist kind of coming of age, going through a life lesson, but there's a strong romantic aspect as well.
0: I like that. I like that you were able to interweave that. That's really exciting. That's a lot. So, with your writing, what book or story inspires you the most? Would you say that his work is what you would say is inspiration, or did you have something else in mind for that?
1: High Fidelity is definitely, will always be very top of the list. I love the book, the movie, the TV show, the musical. <laughs> That character is, uh, in all of its iterations, is a, a little bit more of a moral stretch for people. Mm-hmm. They're morally ambiguous than my character, Chris. My character, Chris, is not as challenging, I, I think, for readers. But I would say the book that most thematically inspired my book is *The Pigman* by Paul Zindel, mm-hmm. uh, which takes place on Staten Island, and I actually have like a very personal connection to it because a lot of the streets named on it were close to where my dad grew up. Oh. Uh, so I've actually, I've kind of been to the book locations before. I love that. But it's, yes, it's kind of a young adult book, more on maybe closer to m- middle grade. But I would say one of the themes of the book is accountability, mm. you know, kind of that coming of age thing. You know, there's the fun things about being an adult. And then there's you know, the important things, you know, yeah. being adult. And I kind of, you know, tried to weave the, the that theme of implied responsibility, things that no one's going to tell you this is what you have to do, like to get your driver's license. You know, yeah. there's just kind of things you have to kind of parse and figure out on your own and just kind of how difficult that could be. What are your obligations, especially with how you treat other people?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's very good. I like that. So what is the best place for folks to be able to find you and stay connected to you?
1: Yes, you can easily find my most recent book, Manhattan to Montauk, and my first book, Flounder, through my website. It's zdowning.com. That's dot com. And you can follow me on Instagram. I'm Zachary underscore Downing underscore rights. So that's Z A C H A R Y underscore D O W N I N G underscore W R I T E S.
0: Wonderful. And we'll have that for you guys in the show notes as well so you guys can connect and follow Zachary. So congratulations on these books, both of them, and their continued success. Very exciting. Perfect summer read. That's great.
1: Yes. Thank you so much, Shauna. Thank you for having me on today.
0: Yes. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. I hope you take a second to give us a review or a couple of stars on your favorite podcasting platform. And we'll be here again next Wednesday. Follow us on Instagram at Author Express Podcast to see who's coming up next. Don't forget, keep it express, but keep it interesting.